0: Welcome to Overflow, the podcast exploring what is and is not inherently visible about those who build with Webflow. I'm Matthew Munger from the Webflow community team, and in each episode, we highlight the unique perspectives, passions, and experiences that fuel the creative mind of our guest. From Hong Kong, we're joined by co-founder at Studio Salamero, Jose Urbano. Jose is an agency co-founder with the mindset of an entrepreneur with a drive for discovering new things. In this episode, we'll hear about his passion for locking, learning a new language, finding a complementary work partner, and how mistakes are often the best learning experience. Featuring Jose Urbano, this is Overflow. Overflow. Hey, Jose, thank you for joining me today.
1: Hey Matthew, thanks for having me. I'm really happy to be here.
0: Why don't you quickly start off by telling us a bit about yourself.
1: So my name is Jose. I am a Filipino born and raised in Hong Kong and I currently work in my own studio called Studio Salamero, which we do web design and development for businesses in Hong Kong as well as international. I love music and I love dance. I'm also a dancer. I've been dancing for 10 years, 11 years, and if I'm not designing, I'm dancing.
0: What type of dancing do you do?
1: It's a dance that was created in the seventies. It's called locking. You know, when you hear the term like pop locking and all that stuff, mm-hmm. popping and locking.
0: Yeah, it's it's like how
1: HTML and CSS are different, you know, popping <laughs> and locking is different. So yeah, I do locking. That's kind of my main style. I use that to like teach, I use that to choreograph, I use that to like compete and all that. So I would say that's just my defining style.
0: Where are you located, Jose?
1: I'm located in Hong Kong and it's very fast-paced. It's densely populated. Since everything's so small, it's just way convenient. Everything's just like a five-minute train ride or a five-minute bus ride. But I live in a what you call a village very far away from civilization. So in the normal Hong Kong environment, you see a lot of skyscrapers, a lot of buildings. But mm-hmm. where I'm at right now um, in my house, you just see green and just like plants, trees. You know, you see wild animals here and there everywhere. It a little bit contrasts the Hong Kong lifestyle. and It kind of helps me live harmoniously in Hong Kong you know what I'm saying just two different worlds
0: when I visualize Hong Kong like you said I just see endless skyscrapers you know nestled between the mountains and the sea but there is greener areas with smaller villages, as you described them.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think most of the business stuff and the financial district is all centralized within like one area, probably like one half of Hong Kong. And then mm-hmm. the other half of Hong Kong, which is near towards China, you know, it's all green, like it's all just nature and just like more more trees. It's a bit of a refresher. It is a little bit inconvenient for me, myself to like travel in and out of the city. It's probably around like an hour to get somewhere through train through taxi or something like that but i kind of got used to it and think i would prefer living in in a more open space rather than something like uh, living in an enclosed space (laughs) where you know the majority of hong kong people live in so kind of grateful i live in such an open space like this so when I'm at home trying to do, my, do some work, I can go to my rooftop and, you know, sit with my laptop and I look up and then there's just mountains and, and, wow. and trees and, you know, there's the occasional cow, there's the occasional wild boar here and there. And it's something, you know, memorable and something that kind of just brings peace as opposed to all the, you know, the fast pacedness in life.
0: When you get out of the house, what do you like to do or where do you like to visit?
1: Um, when I get out of the house, I just go to the office and then like I work at home and I can also work at an office where my studio is. and I pretty much travel to the office. If there's anything I need to do after that, like it's, let's say I go to dance, I do some dance practice or I get to hang out with my friends. It's literally just like five to 10 minutes away from my office. And then after that, I just head back home. So it's really just going there and then coming back. That's what it's like living in Hong Kong I would say there's only just like two two things to do just go going out and coming back home
0: You said you work from home and you work from the office kind of describe your work workspace and it could be either place or both
1: when I work at home, I basically have just, like, computer in front of me. Like, it's a really old iMac that I bought off for, like, like 300 US, and I use that to do my work there. And, like, on the right, you can kind of see... There's only one window, which is on the right of the computer, and you can see pretty much everything that's happening outside my village, you know, whether there's a car coming in or there's, like, dogs walking around. So, you know, occasionally, that's where my dog sits, and he kind of just spies across, like, he just... <laughs> Just kind of sees what's going on yeah. in there. And if he sees like a dog he doesn't like, he gets all angry and stuff. And I have to calm him down. And it's, it's just kind of like a. <laughs> (laughs) It's kind of like a fun space. I I don't think I can really do any like deep focus work there, but it's just something that, you know, it's very lively. My second workplace is in the office, which is in the city. Me and my co-founder, we rented out a really small studio space. It really just fits the two of us and like it has all our supplies. My workspace is right next to hers. We share like one table facing the window. Fortunately, we have a window and then she has a monitor, which she connects to her MacBook and I have a monitor which connects to my MacBook and then we just work alongside each other if we need to get some water if we need to get snacks you just walk a little like five seconds away here there's like a, a, a water a water dispenser and like a box of all our snacks and then there's like a guitar here and like uh, some beanbags there so it's really we we kind of wanted it to be a space where we can like focus really deeply but also if we get burnt out or if we needed to be somewhere a few hours after work then we could just relax there and just take it easy and probably invite three friends over and stuff so those are the two workspaces that I go to on an everyday basis so
0: do you listen to any music while you work?
1: I listen to a lot of music when I work. I really love anything. I listen to hip-hop when I work. I listen to, you know, funk music, disco music. Like, music gets me in the zone. And if I really need to, like, focus for, like, a short amount of time, perhaps if I'm finding a deadline, I have to submit something in one hour and I'm like, okay, I got to do this thing, that thing. What's really crazy is I used to listen to drum and bass or dubstep and stuff and mm-hmm. then just put on some, like, noise-canceling headphones and go at it and just, just do the thing. Thing that I need to do and funny and a funny story is i was focusing one time and i had to like go to the toilet suddenly so i had to drop my earphones and then mm-hmm. i forgot to pause the song and suddenly the computer started blasting dubstep it scared my co-founder who was right next to my computer and she was just like what the heck do you listen to <laughs> when you're working and it was just it was just very funny i didn't realize it
0: do you have any hobbies and interests
1: i used to play guitar it was actually like i used to play in high school it was many years ago <laughs> I got into Guitar Hero. Have you ever played Guitar Hero or like something yeah. similar to that? Oh yeah. I got into Guitar Hero and I was like, oh, I could probably beat some levels. Maybe I could just start playing guitar. And I started playing guitar, taking some lessons. And then that's how I got introduced to blues music, rock music, jazz music. I don't play it that often anymore. Primarily because I have trouble finding people to play with, but like occasionally if I get stressed out or if like I want to chill out, I just grab the guitar from the studio and then mm-hmm. I just I just pluck a few chords and that should be it, yeah. Dance is my main hobby. I've been dancing for 11 years now. And it started off as just like seeing somebody perform live, and I'm just like, oh, I want to do something like that. And, you know, getting into it, finding the community in Hong Kong, attending events, attending classes, and all that. And finding my place, actually, which is very interesting. As a Filipino kid in Hong Kong, it's very difficult to find your place where mostly everyone just speaks Chinese or just of Chinese ethnicity. I'm never really around Filipino kids in general. But then, but then, the the street dance community it just welcomes anyone to just come inside and just we grow together we learn together we have fun together and that's primarily the thing that's been driving me to just keep on dancing and stuff and i've been doing so for 11 years now so we usually do it to funk music james brown and the gang she cameo all those guys and we do a little bit to disco music like maybe bg's isaac seventies so funk in 70s disco. 80s yep definitely It's just beautiful that like this dance is just reminding us of those types of musics from way back, you know, which we hardly ever listen to nowadays and stuff. So it's kind of nice to use this dance to kind of discover old things and just to repurpose them for the present. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: What is something that would surprise people to learn about you?
1: I picked up learning Cantonese, which is the language spoken in Hong Kong, purely by texting people on WhatsApp and just like translating each of the words on a dictionary and just comparing it. And eventually I start to form my own sentences and it's all purely just from text. As a kid growing up in Hong Kong, I grew up in a English speaking school, so they don't really teach much Cantonese. But when I got into university, a higher education, that's when everyone started speaking Cantonese and I was feeling really left out. I just didn't know and I didn't really want to feel left out anymore. So I started communicating with my classmates. I started like trying to learn more about the Cantonese language and the culture and stuff. I didn't take any class. I felt like class didn't really help me learn the language itself. It was just by communicating with others and just trying out the phrases, sentences. I would say I'm conversational, Um, Mm -hmm. not in a business way, but more like in a friendly way I can communicate. That's all just from text messaging, you know, WhatsApp, you know, so it's it's a good
0: thing. (laughs) What is your day-to-day role and how would you describe what you do to someone who doesn't know what you do?
1: Formally, I'm the co-founder of my studio, but I'm also the one who does the designing, the sales, the strategy, the development on Webflow, and just overseeing the more like operational and technical feasibility of of the stuff that I do. You know, I have my hands on a lot of things, but to summarize it up, I would say I I do the sales and marketing for the studio and I also do the work. As opposed to my co-founder, her name is Ivy. She manages the projects and she keeps things in the timeline and also keeps the client in check, reminds them of the timeline and the administrative stuff. It's kind of a full package, but yeah, that's my role and that's her role as well when I started out freelancing I was good at doing the work but not really handling the project and not handling the, the administrative stuff and fortunately my co-founder is actually my girlfriend she was working at a huge firm for quite some time and unfortunately because of restructuring her position she had to be let go of her position and then I was just like hey why don't you come work with me and we can figure out if this could be possible and it was mm-hmm. at that time it was a risk because I didn't know her style of working up until that point we've been dating for quite some time so I knew her personality but I didn't know how we would do it in a professional perspective but you know she just got out of a job and so I was like why not and then so we started doing some stuff and she helped me out of a lot of sticky situations regarding timeline stuff and then we kind of found out how our skills complemented each other and she helped us get back on track and kind of laid the foundations of this new studio. So I'm really fortunate and really grateful to be in this situation where I can work alongside my significant other in a business that we're building together.
0: What would you say motivates you about what you're doing?
1: There's always something new that's happening, not just the web design development industry, but just like the world in general. Each new discovery, like whether it's AI or, you know, Webflow comes out with a new feature or like a studio gets an award for something, you know, and because they use some sort of like new tool. There's always a new tool to learn. There's always a new industry to discover. There's always a new technology to try out. I'm always like looking around, just trying to see what's new. That's what really excites me too. And having to work with clients, it lets me immerse myself into their world and kind of just learn how things are done in their world and translate that into like a website or like an app or like a design or something. I love it i just like discovering and learning new things and that's really what excites me most about the position i'm in professionally
0: so what do you think is a resource that more people in the community should know about
1: so one resource that i want people to know about is something is an online book an ebook called makebook and basically it's a book written by an entrepreneur called Peter levels he's very well known in Twitter for his experiments and just carry out as many ideas as possible this book breaks down the process of how you take an idea and just test it and Mm -hmm. execute it and like see if it's worth exploring and then if it's worth exploring how do you you know move on with it or how do you sell it or something like that it's a very interesting book I think it was one of the first books that I've ever read and I was just like wow like people can actually make a living just just trying different ideas here and there because I, I was brought up. In a way that you know you have to do this one thing till the end, but this guy Peter levels. He's saying you could try this, and if it doesn't work out, do the next thing, and do the next thing, and do the next thing. And sooner or later, you know, like maybe the thing that you did two years ago is going to be profitable. And that just opened my mind up to a lot of new possibilities, you know. And it, it validates my curiosity to kind of just get into it, get into it and just try different ideas as well. If people really want to learn how to be an entrepreneur in an interesting way, like a indie hacker type of way, I would recommend. Book make book. It's readmake.com.
0: Who is someone in the webflow community that inspires you?
1: everyone's really inspiring but a few people come to my head first one is ran Segel. he was the first one to really teach webflow and put out tutorials on YouTube and you know when I was freelancing in the beginning I only knew design software I could I didn't know how to code when I discovered that you know this webflow thing was a thing and this guy was ran was teaching it I was just like oh wow I gotta try it out and like his tutorials really helped me build stuff Um the second person who really inspires me is Joe Krug of Finsuite the reason why is because he's very transparent about his journey into building FinSuite like you if you go to FinSuite.com I think you can read his entire story from like when he first started freelancing up until this point you know it was a it was a journey yeah. and I could take reference from it because I don't really have any other person to to learn from in Hong Kong but seeing Joe's story and and just being able to learn from his mistakes and kind of apply it to prepare myself it was really foundational for me to take reference from his story whilst I was um doing this studio thing I think some others would probably be more technical. Technical people, Joseph Berry with his crazy animations, Timothy Ricks with his coding and GSAP and implementing a webflow. And I also really appreciate the, the community as well because they're very responsive. Like everyone's helping each other out. Everyone's giving each other like if you have like a technical issue, like they're just a tweet away. I'm getting inspired by the community every day. You know, there's small wins in the community as
0: well. What is some advice that you would give to others in the community?
1: If you want to get into something, you have to try it and don't be afraid of making mistakes. Don't second guess yourself. Trying something and then making mistakes on the way is a better learning experience than if you, you know, always trying to be perfect with some some things here and there, you know. I'm not like a developer, I'm not even a designer or anything like that. But I just had to learn Webflow to do the projects that I was supposed to do. And I just had to learn on the spot and then just watch a few videos from the Webflow University and just trying things out on my own. And eventually you see all the mistakes you make along the way. I would say the mistakes you make along the way is a better learning experience than anything else. That is my advice Mm -hmm. to people in the community.
0: How can others in the community reach out and connect with you?
1: You guys can connect with me on Twitter, Jose Urbano1, and I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can just type my name on LinkedIn. You can search me up. You can find me there. I'm also trying to start this um, YouTube thing recently where I just record my work and just post it online. So if you could give that channel a follow, that would be great too. You could just like type uh, Jose Urbano as well. And on the search bar, you probably find me. So you can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube.
0: This was an Overflow episode with Jose Urbano, produced by the Webflow Community Team with music by Joseph McDade. To learn more about the Webflow community, please visit webflow.com/community. I've been your host, Matthew Munger. Thanks for listening.